the field, people will come. And it doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, the only podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team, hosted by me, John Greenberg, and someone who actually knows something about the White Sox, James Vegan. James, we saw each other in person for the first time in many months today at Sox Park. Is it me or did you get taller? No, I just stand up straight when a authority figure is our president, and uh, <laughs> I get nervous. That's why you. That's why you and Don Cooper get along so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a smooth, <laughs> frictionless relationship. <laughs> All right. So, guess what we got to do today, people? We got and today is Monday. Um, we got to watch uh, baseball practice together. Uh, which was really boring, actually. Um, I, I went to on Sunday. I went to Wrigley, and they actually played. They kind of they practiced for a little bit, and they went into uh, an intra-squad game. Uh, and then this was just literally just practice, a little BP, live BP. It's a weird feeling. Live BP. Okay, sorry. Live BP. Uh, way to sell. James knows how to sell the sizzle uh, more than I do, I guess. Live BP. It was kind of hot. James still braved the sun while I sat in the shade. Uh, what'd you think about today? Would you would you learn? Uh, well, beyond learning that you kind of got a glimpse of my life and just thought like, "Wow, this is rough." <laughs> I'm gonna head out early, but uh, <laughs> um, I guess we learned. Hmm, no one can hit Aaron Bummer, which I think mostly bodes well. And uh, I, I I don't know if we really learned it because he was pretty good uh, last season, which led to the White Sox. Extending him more years than I ever thought a uh, left-handed setup man who throws really weird would ever get. But I guess that got confirmation on that being what the motivation beyond that was. Um, We continue to, well, one, uh, Michael Kopech is still away for a personal reason. And we continue to not see Yohan Mankata, despite every other positional regular being out there. Um, And Rick Renneria kind of... No commented it, which is what basically all uh, all coaching staff has to do for anything that's potentially uh, COVID related. So um, that will obviously uh, lead the speculation to run wild, even if it could just be him, you know, taking longer to get cleared or him being one of the two positive tests. We don't know, and we're not really uh, it's not really ethical for us to speculate. Um, Gio Gonzalez is not as stretched out as every other starter, though they still claim that he is healthy. Um, but that only kind of leads to my feeling that Carlos Rodon is going to take a spot in the starting rotation with a vengeance since he seems kind of unencumbered. Um, Jimmy Lambert seemed kind of rough with his control for someone, which seems normal for somebody who's probably the least removed from Tommy John surgery of any of the guys who are throwing. Uh, and, Dylan Cease does not seem good enough uh, or is still struggling in his first innings, even when they're simulated because uh, <laughs> he, he got knocked around by Luis Robert a little bit. Um, but it's inner squad. So is uh, Luis Robert God or is Dylan Cease terrible or is Aaron Bummer God or all the offense horrible? You never know. See, this is what James does. Why I walk around taking pictures of Elote stands and, shuttered ice cream sun, uh, helmet Sunday concession stands. So I thought it was kind of weird. You can see like there's like a layer of dirt all over. Like it, it's like uh, the relics of a once proud society. And this is like the post-apocalypse, you know, where someone breaks into an old stadium after every society has been torn down. There's kind of that layer of dirt around everything. Uh, it's a little weird, 
Well, the first couple days I was so hot because I wore pants like an idiot. And today I wore shorts and I just like the feeling of having spider webs on your legs at all times. Yes. Uh, I don't know which one I'll pick tomorrow. Yeah. The spider webs and the, I'm glad that wasn't just me uh, having some kind of weird, you know, weird thing where I felt like I was feeling, but I could feel spider webs every time I sat down on the seats, which is not great. Not a great feeling. And some weird bugs were attacking me as well. But, I mean, yeah, hey. but to your point about uh, how I think um, I, I saw the sign for the abandoned hot dog stand where like the sl- it's like something called named the slurve. And I was just right. like the first thing I thought of, like, well, the slurve is not ideal pitch shape. You really want to have a hard 12 to six curve or you want to right. s- the snap of the slider. And I was like, why, why does my brain work like this? This is it's just a hot dog that no one will agree. <laughs> That's great. We can. Uh, I was just reading about the slurve in uh, Tyler Kepner's book. Okay, have you read that yet? Uh, no. If it's not available on Audible for me to listen to while I um, <laughs> drive to and from Guaranteed Rate Field, uh, I'm not going to read it. It's not a great bet that I'll read it. So um, get get going on it, Eric Longenhagen and Kylie McDaniel, because I can't read Future Value until it's Audible <laughs> because I have no time. <laughs> All right, we'll get to our book. Uh, we are doing book week at, at, uh, at the Athletic, but I, don't I think wish someone had told me table. three months ago. I know, right? When I wrote up Giolito, right? You picked for uh, you did the. Well, you're right. We're using that story, the one you did about Giolito and Bob Gibson, and then for the best athletic books, best baseball books per team. You did Vecas and Rack, right? Right. Though I did note if you wanted to know about the um, current White Sox ownership situation, it would probably be more informative to read Lords of the Realm. Exactly. <laughs> A lot more Reinsdorf in there. Yeah. A bit, bit more reflective of modern times. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's go back to, I mean, to the big news. Yon Moncada not showing up. Rick Renteria specifically said, I can't talk about it. Which is a good way to say, okay, now we're now we all want to talk about it. Once you say it like that, um, what I like to write say fear and loathing across baseball right now. Before it was about labor issues. Now it's still kind of about labor issues, but it's really just about the problems with testing, and that some teams are having serious delays with their testing. Chris Bryant, you know, no one had brought that up really with the Cubs yet. On Sunday, David Ross did mention during a call that. He had players coming up to him saying, when are we getting tested next? What Ross didn't tell us, and now obviously people don't care about the Cubs, but what he didn't tell us was that Chris Bryant said today that, you know, the same type of thing is that he didn't feel like they were getting tested enough. Um, I don't, I haven't listened to all the White Sox calls. Have any White Sox players complained about that lack of testing um, consistency? They haven't. Um the White Sox are probably a organization where the informed veterans who are going to like pipe up about things, uh, league matters are a little bit few and far between. Like Jose Abreu is not really that dude. Uh, Abreu is going to more talk about how he loves and trusts the White Sox. Um, today we <laughs> talked to Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. Those are not the guys. I mean, they just, they literally have a half a season of, uh, major league experience between them. And even then it will probably take a little bit of a, an evolution of Dylan Cease before I feel like he's that guy who is really thinking about much beyond fastball command, uh, at least in, in his public statements. 
So I we talked to Dallas Keuchel the other day and asked him a little bit about the negotiations, and he he just kind of noted that they were really hopeless. That after the first couple um, back and forth between the league and the PA, he was like, "This is so far apart. This is clearly nothing good is going to happen." And he had mentioned that he was kind of hoping that there would be a little bit easier, knowing that the the CBA negotiations are uh, coming up, that it, there would be a bit more efforts to try to reconcile the differences. And that this process provided none of that. So that, right. you know, keep in tune for that for everybody who enjoyed how the athletic looked with no baseball going on. But as, as far as testing, everyone's kind of come on the, this, the, the line that we were talking about maybe last week of the sa- they felt like the safety protocols are really extensive. And Dylan C said that he felt like extremely safe when he's in the ballpark. Um, that it was more of a personal responsibility thing when they leave it and how disciplined they're going to be on that. And Keichel talked about a, a need for a lot of extensive policing, which uh, among the players with themselves, which is something, you know, McCann, who's probably, you know, being, they have a very amorphous team union rep structure. I've heard like at least four guys get mentioned as being the team union rep. <laughs> I would say McCann is probably at the forefront of that along with Steve Ciszek at this point. But he, that was something he said that, it, it, that they would have need a lot of uh, veterans policing the behavior of the young guys at this point. But I haven't heard any White Sox players kind of say, yeah, the testing situation is bungled. And, and when I asked about it as the news is circulating this morning, the answer I got from the team was basically we would be shutting down workouts like the other teams are right. if we were having those sort of delays. The fact that we were on the field is because things are going well. I didn't necessarily get a wholesale indication of, yeah, we totally uh, would tell you, James Fegan, if we were having testing delays, but they they wanted to make it clear that things were fine with them, and that's why they had put so much of their, uh, you know, very um, specially imprised Cuban talent on the field is because they they have been tested and they feel they're safe. Yeah, I, you know, everyone's obviously with every bit of bad news, you know, there's a lot of rightful skepticism. And some doomsaying, you know, which is fine. I think this is a if you're going to do doomsaying and stuff like that, this is probably the time to do it. But like, I didn't think. I think it's really, really bad. Obviously, that they're having these testing delays, you know, for a handful of teams. But that's something that can be fixed. It's not. I, and that's why I'm not. I guess as negative right now. I would be a lot more negative if if once these tests show up and there's you know more positives than we've been led to believe there are. That's when you you know that's when my radar will, will go up. Uh, besides that, though, I, I do think you know I visited both both sides of town, and I saw how they treat us. And you know we've talked to the players on how they're being treated, like you said. And there, there's this idea of making these ballparks kind of safe zones. So I, I think the Chicago teams, to me, it seems like they've done a good job. The problems people are talking about are, are on the MLB side and on the testing side. And I mean, there was one guy, I think, I forget what team he said that they, he showed up and they're like, oh, well, FedEx doesn't deliver on Sunday. So, you know, we don't have a test for you. Like that, that feels like something that could, could be addressed and, and fixed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm generally not great, like in love with the school of thought of every report of a breakdown in MLP is the end of the baseball and right. cancel the season type of like a scenario. Uh, you know, I don't know how bad this is going to get, and I'm definitely full of doubt about the the season. But I I think the reason they're doing it is, um, I mean they're they're trying to save a lot of jobs. 
<laughs> there are a lot of scouts and front office right. people and uh you know beyond even players of any kind and and really most of the mid-level minor leaguers are still kind of uh twisting in the wind this entire time but they're they're trying to like kind of salvage the industry by playing through this um i think we do all question what would happen if somebody got really seriously ill or their career is altered but i because a lot of this is popping up on intake i don't know necessarily at this point whether we know um if the season was in, in if the the positive test we've seen from intake so far is reflective of whether just guys who just had it um and this is being revealed because they're in a test high testing environment right. and whether or not it'll be more as the season goes on and especially once they start traveling which that doesn't feel like the greatest idea uh but obviously they can charter planes and whatnot if um if really the season is heightening the risk for these guys it just how much of it is MLB being irresponsible to go forward and how much of the fact that it's just, this country is just with the virus has totally biffed right. it and it's out of control? I, I, it's hard for me to really say. Uh, well, I don't know if I there's safe living in, in America okay. from COVID-19. Right. I, I, I think, you know, like I'm not super positive on just America in general handling, you know, this the right way because we've seen what happens. I, I do think a lot of these guys are responsible enough and mature enough when they're on the road to kind of steer, you know, just pretty much stick to the hotel. Now, if something happens in the hotel, that's a different story. But I actually think a lot of these guys, I don't think it'll be as big of an issue. Like, I don't think guys are going to go into concerts on the road, right? Like, I don't think there's, you know, crowded beaches. I don't think we're going to see that kind of, that level of irresponsibility from from the players. But, you know, I, I think, I guess it will take, a strong manager's voice, strong leadership voice, you know, just for the few guys that are probably on the bubble of doing something stupid every time they go out, it, it's going to take that. But uh, I guess, yeah, I'm just not as, uh, I'm very wary of everything, but I'm, I'm not one of those shut it down type people. Cause like you said, it's not only is there a lot of jobs at stake, but you know, a lot of these guys do want to play, even though they're kind of freaked out. Like they want, this is their job. They have a limited, they don't, they're not like us where we can write forever. Like they do have a pretty limited shelf life on doing this, but you know, something I wrote about this week and I was curious your, your kind of thoughts from the White Sox side is the mental health part. Like who are the, do the White Sox, have they invested a lot in like mental skills and that type of stuff? Because this is going to be like, no matter how safe or whatever they do, guys are going to have a lot of anxiety. And this is a lot of stress. I mean, it's stress for us wearing a mask every day, I feel like. At least there is for me. You know, I mean, I, I, what do you think from the White Sox side? Um, I mean, I don't know of like specific mental skill stuff. They talk about it, but they don't really bring it up to the media a lot. They, they lean a lot on uh, Fishbine. They don't, they don't have someone like... Or Bears writer? <laughs> I don't... It, it's kind of the same spelling. I think it's like one letter difference, but they're team psychologists for like the last 20 years. Uh-huh. It, it, uh, Kopech like cited him a lot when he was dealing yeah. with anxiety earlier, but I, I don't know if someone like a huge they don't publicize at least as much as the Cubs did or the Red Sox right. did when they had Kopech. But it's not about Kevin. It. Uh, it's not Kevin. It's not John's either. Um, <laughs> is it Durkin? It 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 is Durkin. That, that. <laughs> That's the source of his White Sox fandom. Um, but yeah, I, I it's it seems like it's mostly been player initiated it they don't there hasn't been a lot of talk of like some program that they're installing to keep everybody's 
Um, spirits high. Spirits high. It's more something that players uh, can refer to, or they talk about it being available to them if they if they need it, rather than um, you know some sort of new protocol that they're touting that they're going to run everybody through, and that's what's going to keep them uh, locked in. They're they're a bit more old school in that respect. I, I, I think they view Ricky as having that kind of pull and having that type of uh, open door and encouragement um, uh, dynamic to him. Though I don't know how much. He can do that in a situation where uh, you know two guys having a heart to heart in a, a closed door office is a, a health risk. What about if Ricky made paella for everyone? Is that like frowned upon because of social distancing? Queso fundido paella? sounds like a nightmare right now. Oh, oh, that's like, right. He's queso fundido. I keep forgetting. And ceviche. And ceviche. I'm sorry. I apologize, Ricky. Although I bet Ricky could make paella. I bet I, I don't doubt it for a second. <laughs> he's got many he's got many tools at his disposal. You're right. Queso fundido does not sound like uh, a very friendly social distance food. Yeah, maybe maybe it should be banned in the league protocols going forward. Well, look, I, I signed something for the White Sox, so I, maybe I did say that I won't eat it. I won't bring any queso fundido to the ballpark to share. Donut holes, another like big thing that baseball is losing. Hey, listeners, producer Cam here. There are certain times you don't want to go to the doctor's office to get help with a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get you the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab a phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if your doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash White Sox, all one word, GetRoman.com forward slash White Sox for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash White Sox for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. You wrote a really good story about Carlos Rodon, a.k.a. Hard Carl, and how he fits into it. How are you seeing... Things right now, it's everything's kind of in flux with Kopech out. Yeah, my point beyond the fact that I wanted to write about the Hard Carl nickname and waited four months to do it and finally got the opportunity. Um, <laughs> my point is that Carlos Rodon, uh, his his he's a league average starter for his career. Um, a lot of that is Carlos Rodon having train wreck outings in the weeks before it's announced he's about to have a major surgery. So I my theory would be that Carlos Rodon not injured is pretty good um, and at least better than somebody like Ronaldo Lopez, who's kind of bounced back and forth between two years between being kind of okay, a little above mm-hmm. average and being fairly bad. And Dylan Cease, who, uh, you know, looks very exciting, throws 99 and has a big curveball, but, you know, has a five and a half ERA for his career. I would take Carlos Rodon, all his warts, all the he hasn't lived up to being a third overall pick above a lot of the rotation if he's healthy. And he's claiming that he is. So I would say, you know, deploy him, at, you know, ride him until you don't. At this point, maybe you're not looking at Carlos Rodon to be the next Chris Sale. I think that's out of the barn door. But 
you got a season in this season and next of him left, I would say ride what you have because he's he's fairly talented. And if he's what is available to you, especially while Malachio Kopech is not, and you know guys like Dane Dunning and Jimmy Lambert are still a little bit green, and you know the next wave of, of pitching prospects are, are are not really proven yet. I think he's a guy that could absolutely run with for two months. He's had a hot two months before multiple times. So I think, yeah, give it to hard Carl. Uh, let him <laughs> give you this weird, illegitimate 2020 AL Central title if he, he's available to do it. I, <laughs> how did he sound when you talked to him the other day? He was extremely upbeat, which was the funniest thing because in interviewing like Kevin Smith, Lucas Giolito would be like, oh, well, normally – He's the most fun, easygoing guy, but then he becomes Hard Carl when it's serious. He's glowering and grumbly. And I was like, Hard Carl seems like who I deal with like all the time. But now that he's kind of has his the, the injuries in his uh, in his rearview mirror, I now see kind of the more easygoing and, and um, friendly guy that they talk about being all the time. It, it seems like he's kind of relaxed and kind of. Uh, has it behind him a little bit. So when I brought up hard Carl, he, he laughed about it, which is what they predicted that. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's kind of in this mood where maybe we might see more of the, the friends that everybody has referred to Carlos Rodon being, uh, that maybe we haven't seen when he's been kind of been weighed down and worrying and, and kind of, uh, you know, upset about his performance. The fact that he can't play as good as he wants to, because, uh, he's hurt. He's a guy who is known for having a huge fastball, his entire life. I remember watching him like when he was a rookie or his second year hitting like 99 on his like 110 pitch of the game, uh, you know, 110 pitches, maybe foreshadowing what would happen to him later. But last season he would start out games at 88, 89. And um, that that's not him. And it, I think it weighed on him and maybe he's free of it now. Maybe it's not something that's going to last forever because he has had two major surgeries, but you've got a two month season, let him loose. I, God, I remember the uh, the excitement when they drafted him, and I remember like the remember I think uh, our old friend Tom Fornelli. Not that we need we won't mention him every episode because I know it makes people cry, but I remember he was uh, he he was really ha- he really wanted the Sox to get him, and he was uh, it was one of those Twitter campaigns. And now the road to Rodan. years later, what yeah, <laughs> years later here we are, but he's still viable, and I like this. I like. Carlos, the Carlos Rodon story is actually captured me. I think the way you wrote it today, you wrote it for, for Monday, it like really made me invested in him for some reason. I've always found him kind of weird. No offense, Carlos. Um, and, you know, a little disappointing. And I guess I was around for some of the a few of those post-game interviews where you're just like, why is this guy, you know, why is he so salty all the time? Uh, but now, like, I have a different, I don't know, I guess I, as a columnist, I just have a different feeling about him now. And I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit. Uh, worth noting for all the people who think he's a disappointment, uh, the two guys picked ahead of him. I don't think Brady Aiken's still in baseball. And if Tyler <laughs> Kolek still is, it's he's oh my on the fast track out. Uh, he had an 8-4 ERA in the low A last season. So yeah, the pick could have yes. been worse. <laughs> right. I feel like it's the fans, right? The Sox fans that are the ones that are most... It's, it's yeah. not Marlins or... Uh, <laughs> Or Astros fans. Oh God, Brady Aiken. That was it. Was that the Schwarber draft too? Yeah, I think so. Right, so that, Schwarber that was the one that seemed like right? an overdraft at the time, and then right, that seemed that seemed like a uh, 
you know, you're trying to save money with your first round pick kind of. And then he was in the majors like a week later. <laughs> catching, catching guys. All right. So it's something to keep watching the hard Carl story. Uh, hard, what if hard, I mean, what, what, who's going to be the first like t-shirt person of these t-shirt companies that take something, you know, someone else reports or takes a nickname and then slaps it on a t-shirt and starts selling it. Uh, I don't know, but that, that hard Carl just, as much as I love saying it, it seems like something that a barstool would just uh, co-opt immediately. A hundred percent. That seems yeah, up there. Yeah, that definitely seems like, uh, well, no one's trademarked this time for us to make some money on it. All right. Um, it's kind of a weird topic right now because the schedule as we're taping, this is coming out soon. Um, so we, we can't give you the exact schedule, but thanks to uh, bears podcast co-host, Adam Hogue. Um, I don't know what else he does. I just know he co-hosts the Bears podcast on The Athletic. You should download it now, the Hogan Johns podcast. Johnson Hogan Johns, right? I listen all the time. Um, he's got them op- the White Sox opening at home against the Twins. Fun series. Yeah, the, the, the Hayes Bowl. <laughs> the Dan, the Dan. Oh, my gosh. At least it, that's perfect for Hayes, right? He doesn't have to go anywhere. Right. Uh, he was he was actually he told me about it like last week that he was excited about not doing his customary five and a half hour drive immediately. Right. So, I, I mean, it's a fun way to start. I was wondering if they, they would start Cub Sox just because I thought that'd be kind of a fun thing to do. But I really, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. It sounds well, like someone, someone so reported the rumor is that they're closing Cub Sox. You know, it'll right. be official by the time that this gets posted, Cam. But they, so it, yeah, see, that makes see, a little more sense. Maybe there'll be you, like you know 150 fans allowed in the game by that time. Yeah, that's. I, I think the owners, uh, and I know teams are, are you know I think it was Danny Parkins that said the White Sox were looking at it and it made it sound a little more official perhaps um, than they intended. But, you know, I know Crane, and then Crane Kenny came out and said the Cubs were absolutely want fans. Obviously, they all want fans. Um, and I had another person with the Cubs tell me that's, you know, they're absolutely planning for that. I, I, I think with the news coming out right now, I, I don't see any, any way. I mean, and think about us getting in and out of the park. Do you see any way, like, of, of putting thousands of fans there, James? No, not really. Uh, I feel like they it took them a – quite a while to kind of set up what they have right now. And it is, does seem like something to be easily overwhelmed. And thankfully the White Sox only have like 10 media people coming in every day. Right. But it, yeah, it's the White Sox I'm sure would do it the moment Lori Eifert told them they could, but I, I don't see how things are trending toward that at this moment. And it, it probably would be anxiety inducing a little bit uh, for teams that are traveling to kind of see that opening up. Um, it, it, it seems like something you'd want. I, I, it's hard for me to see happening in a two-month span. I mean, things are difficult enough to pull off as they are. Um, but And also, with that, it, as cool as it is to see to not have the team opening against the Royals and closing against the Tigers as they have for seemingly the last 17 years in a row, I don't know how much juice these matchups can really have um, without the kind of the environment. I mean... Yes, Cub Sox is exciting to see, and it's easier for media members, so they get excited about not having to drive. But as far as the actual excitement of the atmosphere of it being so pitched and having, you know, the brawls in right field and whatnot, 
I don't know if it's really going to have the same uh, electricity without that. Um, Dylan, Dylan Cease didn't seem like he was that jacked about it <laughs> when we asked him today. Um, well, he loves just, talking about Cubs, the Cubs socks stuff. He's always excited. <laughs> he just gave us the like, yeah, that'll be cool. The typical <laughs> response. And I, I, I don't know how much was stirring inside of him as he said it. <laughs> it is only going to be a big deal if it means something. That's it. You know, right. if it's end of the season, they're both in line for the playoffs, you know, things like that. I mean, that's obviously it. So before, you know, we close up here, what have you thought about the the way they get you in and out of here? I thought it would, you know, the way they're getting you in and out of the ballpark. I'm sorry. I didn't think, I thought it was pretty easy. And I thought the White Sox, um, especially since I've been to both parks, you know, they, they're giving us a decent amount of leeway to, to move around. I don't know how long that's going to last. It sounds like that's not going to last when the game starts. But what have you felt? about going in in and outside of a park. I felt like it's more chill than going to Aldi. Um, right. Yeah. It, it, it's felt, it hasn't felt crowded at any point. It, it sort of, I guess, got a little, it wasn't like bottlenecked on the first day, but there was a line, but it was very spread out. Um, it's pretty quick and fluid. Uh, the, the woman who scans my bag has a, customized photo of her nephew and her dog on it. And that's yes. pretty cute. Um, yeah. it, it's, it, it's, uh, I getting the weird, like the new credential every single day seems a bit, uh, over the top. I don't know. I don't know why, would, why it's easier. I guess they just don't want us to bring any, anything ever, but, um, seems a little unnecessary. You know, if you don't have to touch it anyway, um, the scanning hasn't been super smooth and they said that's for contract tracing. Um, I don't, I don't know how exhausted that's going to be like, well, that's to share that with people. The, the funniest part where they said that, uh, today about contact tracing to me when I asked about it too, like we're getting scanned when we get off the elevator in a suite in the fourth floor where the suites are. And then we walk down an empty hallway. There's no one else there. And then we get to the press box and they're scanning you again for contact tracing. I don't know if they, you know, like we didn't talk to anyone. I mean, I saw the Philip Umber, you know, perfect game frame. But, you know, that that was it. I didn't have any – I don't know what, what, what the contact tracing would be, you know, from, from the elevator to the press box. Yeah, unless they're trying to, like, figure out if somebody doubled over coughing between, like, getting off the elevator <laughs> and, the, and getting to the press box that they would have info on it. But, um, yeah, it, it, it seems much more like something that sounded good uh, and, like, a, a level formality you wanted uh, on paper rather than – something that kind of looks ridiculous when you map it out the entire way. Uh, cause, cause what there's, it's not like you're roaming the, the 400 level. No, exactly. Licking the seats right. in the suites or anything. <laughs> All right. And make friends with the new spiders and the spider webs. All right. Get to know the hardest Twitch streamer around the white Sox, very own hard Carl 55. If you think you're bad and hardened enough to read James's story on Carlos Rodon, then get over to The Athletic. If you're not part of The Athletic, then get it. Save 40% off your first year subscription by visiting theathletic.com forward slash Southside. That's theathletic.com forward slash Southside, all one word, to save 40% off your first year subscription. Please leave us a like, comment, rating, donation to James's Venmo account, whatever you want on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our business is done here.